Not going to talk about it. No, we will, but they won't. Welcome into the the, uh, the kind of soggy Tuesday edition of the Bill Michael Show today. Good to have you. Uh, a little bit of rain moving through the area in the southeastern uh, portion of the state of Wisconsin, but uh, the rest of the state looks to be at least uh, relatively dry. Some scattered stuff around. Cloudy and cool, but here comes the heat. It'll be back again tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, yesterday, Matt LaFleur, there's some things that you listen for and you can somewhat tell there's a level of frustration. And I always say sometimes it's not it's not what's said, it's how it's said or what they shy away from that you can tell is an area of concern or contentiousness or what have you. Uh, Matt LaFleur yesterday didn't want to talk about David Bakhtiari in the knee. Uh, he, he danced and danced and danced and danced the best he could. And it leads you to believe that, okay, after Bakhtiari says, I'm fine, I'm good, something during the week, of which he didn't practice, caused that knee to be re-injured. Don't know what. And he doesn't want to talk about turf. Had it been at Lambeau Field, he was asked, would David have played? I believe, and then he goes from there. Uh, then you've got uh, the word miscommunication coming up again with uh, Jordan Love, not on the same page downfield with the wide receivers. It's like, come on, man, come on. You know, I, I get it, they're new, I understand all of that, but, you know, come on. That was, uh, it, it's like, look, you know, we, we're, all, we're all witnessing it, right? You, there's just not a touch there to throw downfield passes. It hasn't, there hasn't been, and there, you're two games in. Not to say the two games is a season by any stretch of the imagination, and things can get genuinely better, but the downfield passing game sucks. There's no touch to it. So we know that's an area of, of uh, discussion. The, you know, what has happened to the, uh, the offense on certain things, the delay of game penalty, not getting the, you know, kind of being lackadaisical, miscommunication, the fourth down, the the quarterback plunge, miscommunication. Defensively speaking, when it comes to coverages and stopping the run, miscommunication. What the hell? At one point, at what point do people start understanding what's going on? Isn't that what training camps for and the OTAs and the mini camps and everything else that goes on? Miscommunication. So, anyway. Is what it is. Is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I was reading in the paper, um, you know, today that, you know, Rashid Walker was told by David Bakhtiari he's not going to be there. And uh, he's going to be starting. And, you know, it is what it is. But there you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Those are the phone numbers to hit us up. We're going to hear Matt LaFleur's presser coming up here in just a couple of minutes because we didn't get a chance to hear it yesterday because we were off the air by the time uh, the the press conference aired. So we'll get to to that today. Uh, And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast, did, did you see what he posted of Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander today should wake up. Wherever he's at, today's an off day. He, wherever he's at, he should be embarrassed. He should be embarrassed. All that jaw jacking 
and you can't back it up. You are running like a coward, a coward against the run. You didn't want any part of B. John Robinson. Look at what Andy Herman posted today. I encourage you to go do it. Oh, my God, that video. It's like it's like he's running, he's running with the Bulls but doesn't want to get anywhere near the Bulls. You know, like I'm just, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get run over. I don't want to do that. Oh no, yeah, that that is an embarrassing video, embarrassing video. And even Andy Herman said Jair Alexander wanted no part of run support. No, I get it. You're a smaller dude. You don't want to bang up that shoulder. You know, you you, you don't want to get injured. Okay, I get it. But uh, but man, oh man, that was oof, at least act like you you know something. You throw a shoulder, just fake it, you know, something. Just You were just running away. It was like the dude was running at you on fire, and you were holding a can of gasoline. Like, ah! Good God. So, uh, all of that, all of that uh, comes up today. We got to, to discuss. Brewers fall yesterday to the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, my God. And this is the reason why that, when I say things about Cubs fans, I have zero regard for you. They came after me so hard last night when the Brewers got blanked. One to nothing. Big deal. And I look at the box score and I come up today and I think, okay, let's go to the standings. And, oh, yeah, that's by the way. There's still six games up with 12 games to play. Six games up, 12 games to play. That means the Brewers got to go 500, right? And the, car, or the uh, Cubs have to win every game to win the division. Shut up. Seriously, just stop. You're, you're done, okay? You're in the wild card hunt. You're right there. Cincinnati's creeped up your back. Don't worry more about Cincinnati. Don't worry about Milwaukee. You're not winning the division. It's over. It's done. Dagger. And right there in the heart. Done. But Cubs fans, come on. This is the reason people hate you. Hate you. It's not even like, you know, when, when you talk about other ballparks, and you go to other places, and you travel around, and you're in Pittsburgh, or you're in Minnesota, or you're, you're you know you're in Cincinnati, you're in St. Louis, whatever. You know, you go to Kansas City, you know, and they say, "Oh my, boy, good fan bases." Cardinals, Cardinals fans, they're a little obnoxious, but they're pretty knowledgeable sports fans, and they're really hardcore baseball fans, really good good fans. They come in and support their team. Okay, great, great. Cincinnati fans, they're just happy to be relevant again. They're still living off of the big red machine in the year that Lou Pinella and the gang went wire to wire. Okay, that's great, great, okay. They just want to come and have a good time. Come, they want to see your city, they want to party a little bit. Pirates fans, they show up, but they they wear the team's, uh, the opponent's colors. They don't want to be known as Pirates fans. We suck, we know, but we're just getting out of the hell out of the house. We're That's it. We just want to go someplace else, all right? We're cooped up in this steel city. Yeah, we got a nice fountain and... You know, well, we got Kenny Pickett now maybe to cheer for over there, and Mike Tomlin's still there, and he's still hanging out. He's a hard ass, and he's a great guy, and we love him and all that kind of stuff. But our Pirates suck. <laughs> so the Pirates fans come to town. They buy Yelich jerseys, and they just sit there real quiet, and they don't want to be known as Pirates fans. Minnesota Twins fans just come down to just try to beat somebody up. We just want to get into a fight and, and pay our fine and go back home. But Cubs fans, you come in, you throw money around, which is great. We'll take it. But you act like that's all you got. Like, you can just come in and have the run of the place. You're going to plug up the toilet. You're going to fart in our favorite chairs. You're going to go, go, fly down. Yeah, and then you're just going to like, like, everything else sucks, as opposed to your wonderful, wonderful city. 
And then when anybody dare criticize you, it's like, well, hey, do you believe you're criticizing me over here? I came all Jake. Shut up. My God. They came after me last night after one loss. I looked at I'm like, your Brewers are still six games up. You guys didn't even play. You're, you're celebrating a victory because you didn't even play. Man, there you go. Worry about the Reds. I hope the Reds knock you knock you out. I'm back rooting for the Reds. I think the Reds suck, but I, I hope the I hope the Reds knock you out. I really do. So there you go. That is the uh, the open for today's show. Grant Bills, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Bill. I I didn't have Cubs fans in my Twitter mentions last night, so I'm doing a little bit better than you. It sounds like I I started getting I started I got two emails uh, that sent to me. I got a couple of uh, you know kind of references in the Twitter. Uh, I got people that are instant messaging me on Facebook and and shooting me these you know these long diatribes, uh, and the one guy <laughs> he he's this is to to drop an f word in a DM okay that's fine, but he refuses to put a c in it like that makes it less insightful. So when you spell the word, we all know it's a four letter word. And you take the C out. He he. That's the way he spells it. But not only spelled it like that once, like maybe it was just a typo. Throughout the entire DM, there was like eleven of them in there. F you, F the Brewers fans, F your manager. He doesn't even want to come back. F that dump of a ballpark. <laughs> but but like the C didn't work on his computer at all. It which <laughs> I just was laughing. The more I read it, the more I was laughing. So anyway, that was uh, that was the night. Uh, and the one thing we did not discuss yesterday was the Badgers game this past weekend. I, uh, you know, and I was asked about this yesterday, and I completely, it just, on a Packers Monday, a Green and Gold Monday, we just kind of, you know, run with the Green Bay Packers. But um, how did you feel walking away from that game on Saturday, Grant? Underwhelmed. I still want to. I still want to see this offense look fun. I, I want to see yeah. it be the air raid, exciting electric offense, and we haven't really seen that yet. So I was underwhelmed. Happy they won, obviously, but I don't know. It wasn't underwhelmed up and down. is a very kind adjective. You know. Now we all knew. Again, I'm. I'm not sitting here thinking that they're going to be suddenly be a you know a BCS contender or anything like that. But underwhelmed is a very good adjective. A very kind way of just kind of saying it just it's not on the tracks, not even close. I am underwhelmed by numerous things. What is Wisconsin known for? If you had to say Wisconsin football is known for blank, what would it be? Running the damn ball, Bill. That's what they're known for. Run, running the ball, absolutely. I, I'd take it even a step further, and I would say their offensive front. Big and, and you know I hate to use the old you know stereotypical terminology because I know it's crap but big bruising farm boy esque offensive linemen that just are there to toss you around and whoop your ass and dominate you and they're not that's that's not this offensive line they they get pushed around they you know opponents get penetration. They uh, at times are on their heels, and I because I am a big believer in watching the trenches because usually you'll win a game. 
because coaches, every coach I've ever taught, every coach I've ever sat down with, they'll start with, look at this. And they'll either see penetration downfield where you have an unbelievable gap to be able to execute and exploit, or they'll say, okay, this is where the problem is. We have to bring in additional blocking or whatever because we're not winning in this area. And you start in the trenches, and it's kind of like throwing a, a stone in a pond, and then the ripples go outward. That's where it starts. And it has always been, always been the domination of an offensive line that has led to either you know, the ability to throw the football downfield or the ability to open up holes when you need the run game the most. And this is not that offensive line. So as much as we talk about the air raid and the offense and the passing game and the weapons, and we get caught up in that because that's where our fantasy goes. But, man, it's it starts with the offensive line, and Luke Fickle's got his hands hands full because he just doesn't have there, – there's a couple of spots on that offensive line. They don't have the horses. They just don't. And when you get into Big Ten play, when you get into facing the, the, the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Penn States and, hell, even what you see off of the defensive front coming from Iowa, and they, they can play some solid football up front too, you're going to struggle. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, as good as Tanner, Tanner Mordecai at times is. And he's – there's been some impressive things that he has done in his vision that I've really liked. But he's he's got eyes in the back of his head right now because he's he's dancing. There's a lot of foot movement because he knows that offensive line's not holding up for any time any any anytime soon. And that's one of the things that as you get into Big Ten play becomes concerning. But the but the terminology of underwhelmed is is very good. The defense is still learning and they look to be you know, there there wasn't as many um, moments in which the secondary looked at one another like who are you supposed to have because they're changing things up. But that uh, that offensive line, man, for all the all the stars that are up there, that's that's not getting it done. It starts there uh, to me, anyway. But uh, that's that's just kind of a, the the high level observation as we get off to a, a fast start today. You got uh, Packers to talk about. We're going to hear from Matt Lafleur coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we've got uh, discussion regarding all of that. Uh, Brewers they get take a loss. They're back at it again tonight, taking on St. Louis. Uh, in that four-game series down in St. Louis. Uh, and then, obviously, some Badger football that we can uh, discuss as well. But a lot of stuff to kind of unpack today on a Tuesday, on kind of a dreary Tuesday. Packers back in the practice field tomorrow, getting ready for the Saints, the home opener. By the way, ticket sales in the secondary market, very brisk for this one. A lot of Packers fans still believe that there's something here to hang on to. And they want to get an up-close-and-personal look at this team uh, for the first time the way it currently stands. So a lot of good stuff there. Good news on Elton Jenkins is indeed what Ian Rappaport reported. It was an MCL sprain. However, they say, quote, it's not season ending, which is true. But they also didn't give an indication as to whether or not it was going to be a couple of weeks, 10 weeks, two weeks, eight weeks, whatever. So he's on a week-by-week basis. And then there is still the giant cloud that hangs over David Bakhtiari. And again, it's a lot of uh, look at what the hand over here is doing and don't look over here at what the hand is doing because there is still something innately fishy about that whole situation. It just is. Uh, I don't know if I um, – I got to be honest, I don't think I believe it. And you're going to hear, like, like I said, you're going to hear Matt LaFleur coming up here in just a few, and uh, you'll hear that discussion. It's a very – it's basically, I don't want to talk about it anymore. 
and you're paying he is your highest paid player he is your most outspoken player he went on a 20-minute diatribe about turf he went on a rich eisen show on the nfl network about turf he saw his buddy go down for what he blames to be turf not the fact that he's a 39 year old quarterback and already had a calf injury in training camp but it's blaming he's blaming the turf and he very well may know okay because you ask the players and the players will tell you but well, the first turf game, after pointing the finger at everybody, basically saying, F you, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't need to practice. I told you, you know, and flipping the bird at all the all the Bears fans and everything. Here I am. I'm, all of a sudden, he can't play. Calling up Rasheed Walker the night before. Can't do it. Very well. The knee may have swollen up. I completely understand that. It just doesn't jibe with what we know. And so when things don't jibe, you all of a sudden start to look at what is actually being said the frustration with which it's said, and the dancing that goes on around the topic. And there's a lot of dancing going on around this topic. And and the Packers know it. I'm sure Bakhtiari knows it. And I'm sure other guys inside that locker room know it. And it's a hugely bad precedent to set if indeed it's because of turf. And he says, I don't want to play. Because what you're doing now is telling the young guys that eh, when you you know when you get to a certain age, you, you can you can pick and choose when you want to play. And, oh, by the way, you know, you guys go out and play, but I don't have to. Terrible, terrible precedent. And quite honestly, an unbelievably selfish precedent to set. Now, I understand you have to take care of your body. you got a contract coming up. You know what's going to happen in the offseason. I get all of that. You're, you're your own commodity, and that's the way you have to look at it, and I appreciate that. But the hypocrisy becomes very, very loud to many. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And uh, I know, I know, the cool breezes are starting to blow. I, it sucks. You know, you know me, man. I'm all about uh, 80s plus and sunny weather. But it's going to happen. You and I both know it. It's coming. And this is the reason that I feel. This is my, this is my first full winter with all Pella Windows and Doors. And everything's sealed up. And the house is great. And uh, the only time it got cold in here was when I left the window open last night. That's it. I haven't, heard, I haven't had heat on or air conditioning on in about a month. And my, it's great because my bills reflect that, which is completely awesome. So not only are they economical, but then they add value, value to your home. The beautification curb appeal is stunning. Interior-wise, the, the best part about it is when I you know, travel, lay my head on my pillow at night, I know I'm safe, sound, and secure. Nobody's getting into this house unless they drive a truck through the door. It ain't happening. So I feel great about so many different things regarding Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. 
Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show brought to you by our friends at Exit Realty. Mikey Whitcomb and the gang do a great job, whether it's Milwaukee County, Ozaki, any of the five-county area. Go out to Jefferson County, Dodge County, you name it. Uh, Mikey can do it. 414-243-1976. 414-243-1976. Good guy. No BS. That's the best part about it. Helped me get into my home. And uh, and really worked his ass off to do it, but uh, by in the end, it was just an awesome experience. And uh, um, I, I told you that four years ago is now going on five, maybe five years ago, something like that. I've been here, but uh, but yeah, he he was fantastic throughout the entire process. Uh, give him a call 414-243-1976. 414-243-1976. Mikey Whitcomb and the gang over at Exit Realty. Um. The uh, let's see here. Uh, I got a whole lot of reaction today, and I want to get into some of this. Uh, the first one is our buddy Steve. He said, uh, first of all, thoughts and prayers to Nick Chubb. What a gruesome injury! Uh, saw it happen last night. Big thank you to ESPN for not replaying it. Yeah, that was uh, that was not uh, to say that was not good would be, uh, I think, an understatement. Um, that was just a, and he knew it. His season's over. Uh, they just call it right now a knee injury. They're waiting for the, all the official word, but uh, chances are he just tore that thing up and his season has quickly come to an end. So uh, I would agree with you. Um, also, uh, that was the almost uh, the bad is the Napoleon McCallum. If you remember that injury years ago, I do. And, yeah, that was – oh, you just – like I said, when you first saw it, it was like, oh, okay, done, and they quit showing it over and over again. Uh said, I agree with you, the Cubs fans. They are a special kind of turd, and if you watch one of their home games, uh, every fly ball, whether it's an infield pop-up or a routine fly ball, they think everyone's a home run. Granted, they have a World Series, but uh, nothing else. Uh, they are baseball's equivalent to the Vikings for those uh, skull-clapping idiots. Uh, the crew's going to bounce back tonight and cut the magic number once again down. That's our buddy Steven Richfield. But the Cubs, here's the thing. The Cubs have a championship. So I, you can't take that away from – look, I, I respect the organization for what they did, the way they did it, then they tore it all back down, and they've bounced back. They've played well. That I think the Cubs are a likable team if it wasn't for the fans. That I mean, that's the truth. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a hard-nosed, likable, you know, came out of kind of nowhere. Nobody expected them to be this kind of good yet. They were waiting for a few more pieces, and I thought Ross has done a hell of a job, much like Council's done this year. And But it, it, the Cubs are an unlikable franchise because of the fans. You know, like when Packers fans go and they start chanting, go, Pack, go, it's annoying. I can, I can, I can 
appreciate that. When you go to Arizona, you go to Jacksonville, you go to these other venues, you go, you'll go to Vegas on a Monday night, you know, you go to Atlanta. Atlanta, it was palpable. You could hear it. Go, Pack, go. And fans get mad. Fans are like, boy, they're obnoxious. But Packers fans are cheering for their team. You know? Where Cubs fans, if you've ever been in the stands and listened. Now, oh, I, let me say this. I know people that are Cubs fans that are not nearly as obnoxious, and they're just Cubs fans. They're just fans. That's it. I, that I can appreciate. But it's the stereotype. It's the bad ones that blanket the good ones with this ugliness of just an obnoxious fan base. That that that's and I I always apologize. I always got one buddy of mine that's like, wait a minute, I'm not like that. I know you're not, but it, for the most part, every time I go to a, a Brewers Cubs game, and I'm sitting at American Family Field, it's almost unbearable at times because I just listen to them f bomb the Brewers players. You know, it's like every time something good happens for the Brewers, it's it's F you to the fans, and it just, it. if you've ever been to a Cubs game and just listen to it, it's like, holy mackerel, come on, man. So Packers fans cheer for their team, whereas Cubs fans cheer as much for their team as they do against the opponent. So that's that's a distinction. 877 1670. Brandon says, I remember right, uh, which uh, highly I highly doubt wasn't John Candy, a uh, Cubs fan. Um, he was from Canada, but he was where he got his start was in Second City, which was in Chicago. And he started there. I mean, uh, him, um, Aykroyd, um, trying to think who else. There's quite a few of those uh, comedic people, I, even Chris Farley. Uh, but quite a few of them got their start in that second city uh, cast. And I think he was a Cubs fan, yes. I believe he was a Cubs fan. Bill Murray, yeah, you're right, Brett. Bill Murray, another one. Cubs fan. So they he got his, I forget, how did I forget Bill Murray? Um, but, yeah, absolutely. 877-867-1670, uh, hit us up. Um Let's do this. Uh, we're at the bottom of the hour. I want to I, I want to leave enough time because Matt LaFleur talked for, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes or something like that. So I want to make sure we get all of this because I want you to hear it. OK, and then we'll discuss. So when we come back, you're going to hear Matt LaFleur yesterday uh, in the afternoon. We didn't get a chance to air it live uh, yesterday afternoon because he did it after we got off the air. So I want you to hear it today. And I want you to take a listen. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at uh, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Thanks to them for being such a big part of the motorcycle ride and uh, the fact that they continue to expand, continue to grow, continue to pay into the tax base, and continue to offer more and more entertainment at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. Awesome stuff, whether it's the sports book, the new Rock and Brews Pub, the 360 Lounge, the, the Dream Dance uh, Steakhouse that they have there, or just a lot of the different games, the table games, the bingo's back, all that good stuff. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back. Good to have you. Our friends at Kemp's. K-E-M-P-S. Kemp's. Kemp's Kemp's.com. Kemp's has been in your dairy case at your local grocers, probably in your refrigerator at some point in time, but uh, whether it's via the uh, freezer and the ice cream or the milk and what have you, but uh, Kemp's has been doing it for a while, and uh, they're looking for good people, whether it's CDL drivers, production, facility maintenance engineers, whatever it happens to be, and they're doing some sign-on bonuses as well. And they're paying really, really well uh, for uh, new people to come on board. So if you're looking for a career, if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a change of scenery, whatever it happens to be, go to Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see the term careers. Check, uh, Click on that, and you'll be able to fill out the information they're interviewing like now. So uh, I know that they've been doing it pretty much for the last six months, just trying to bring in as many good people as they possibly can. And uh, that is Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's. Dot com. Uh, the head coach, Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur. Take a listen to what he had to say yesterday. I'm sure this would be easier on you if Dave would have just talked to us and explained it after the game, but did he not play because it was a turf game or because he had an issue that popped up last week? Well, his knee is injured. I mean, they were swelling, so. If that game's played at Lambeau Field, is he able to play or not? I don't believe so. Just to clarify, is this a... I'm not talking about it. That's it. That's, just to clarify, I'm done talking about it. I'm not, I'm not talking about it. With the Elton uh, injury that just surfaced, just, you know, we were talking machine in the locker room, he says Elton's in high spirits, but from a head coaching perspective, what, you know, what did you gauge from him? He seemed fine when I talked to him today. Obviously disappointed. Um, you know, I, I can't... He means a lot to our football team, obviously, and he's played at a really high level. It's an unfortunate play, um, and I got to give him credit, man. He stayed in there and battled and played another two plays, and um, you know. So when they told me he was down, it actually kind of shocked me because I, I just saw him. I saw the initial hit, and I, I was a little concerned. I saw him slow to get up, but then he kept going. So I thought he was he was able to play through it, but. Um, yeah, it just it's unfortunate, and um, but I was I was proud of the effort of the guys stepping in and stepping up. Royce came in, did a nice job. I thought she did a for the most part did a really nice job. Um, obviously had the the one penalty, but I thought all in all, I thought he did a good job. Matt, you obviously have a plan when you have your certain guys up if injuries happen. So now this week, knowing that you're not going to have. Elton, you always talk about competition. Is that, you know, is Sean, is Sean Ryan and, and Royce competing to get the starting job this week, or are you going to go with Royce, or what do you think there? I think that's a conversation that we're going to have tonight and kind of figure out, uh, you know, who we want to roll out there. But it's always a competitive situation. I don't care what position it is. Um, we, we're we're going to make it competitive. And if guys aren't performing, then we'll roll with somebody else truth to the sentiment that teams, especially young ones, have to learn how to win, in your opinion? I think there's a lot of learning involved in every game, and um, especially with some young players. I think more situationally. But uh, that, that film was tough to watch now, because there were a lot of opportunities out there for us. And again, I'm not trying to take any credit away from Atlanta. They did what they needed to do to beat us. Um, but I just have a confidence in, in the guys in that locker room. 
um, that we got to make some of these some of these plays that are are out there for us to make. Just how difficult is this for you as far as you know the inactive list and trying to come up with a game plan? You know, whether it's Dave or whether it's Aaron, you know, whoever it is, uh, you may or may not have somebody, and then you find out you know Sunday or whatever it's going to be that that person again. I'm not necessarily talking about Dave. I'm just talking about in general. Yeah. I think all 32 teams have the same challenge, so I'm not going to use that as an excuse. It is what it is. You got to come up with a plan, and you're expected to go out there and execute that plan and go win a football game. Period. Matt, how have Reed and Wicks been able to contribute so quickly for you in the passing game? I just think it's they're smart guys that love football and have picked up the system, put a lot of time into it. I think Vrabel's done a hell of a job with those guys, and um, that was encouraging. I think that's one of the things coming out of the game, just watching how those guys went out there and competed and, and made some critical plays. Um, so we just got to make sure that they continue, and they got to get better, and they got to learn from whether it's failure or success. You got to learn from it and, and continue to move forward and get better and better and better. Matt, did Jordan come out of the game okay? Yes. No issues with him this week. Don't believe so. After rewatching on film, what did you see with your on defense yesterday? Yeah, it wasn't good. We got gashed. Why? Yeah, any particular reasons or reasons for that? Well, I mean, again, I, I think if you look at it, uh, there's some things that were self-inflicted, no doubt about it. I think that. They have a good run. They have a good run game. They really do. Um, I think schematically, they they presented a few issues for us. Um, I think you combine that with two really good running backs, and we had a, a couple of missed tackles. I know the, the one uh, the one play Bijan had an explosive run. He had like four made four people miss on the tackles. So, um, but I think there's things that we've got to adapt and adjust to, and and do a much better job. Matt, going back to Rob's question about Jordan, is there a is there a spot in like the really good run that he has, the scramble, where you would like him to yes. slide? And <laughs> like, it, so how do you? Rogers did the same thing when he was young, right? They're competitive and they want to get after it. So how do you get a guy who is that competitive and whatever to protect himself? Well, I told him right after the series. I said, hey. That was a hell of a run, uh, but you don't have to be Superman. Just get down, and he he fired right back and said, "Hey, I thought we needed some juice." I said, "All right." So, like, it's it's a fine line of being being smart, but also just bringing that energy. And um, he showed some fire after the run as well, which was pretty impressive in my in my opinion. So I thought all in all, I was, I was really pleased with just how he competed, how composed he was, um, you know, how he led. And that, that is encouraging. So is that is that something that he's developing? Because we talk about how even keeled he is all the time, right? But when he got that late hit in preseason, he got up and said something. And at the end of that run, he got up. And, is, and, and how much do you like seeing that fire out of him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's inspiring. I think it, it brings that whole team. It galvanizes that locker room. Not just offense. I'm talking all three phases. 
So I think you want to see that competitive spirit, that competitive fight from your quarterback. Matt, what did you think of uh, the good and maybe the not what you were looking for from Dylan yesterday? What did you like and what, did you, what would you like to see better? Well, I think, um, you know, uh, certainly there's some runs I'm sure he would like to have back. Um, I think it's more or less we just got to get we got to do a better job with our details and and it's not just it's across the board uh, with our run game it's our aiming points whether you're an offensive lineman tight end uh, running back it, it there's we got to be more physical um, at the point of attack I think we, there's just so much that goes into it so it's never just on one person um, you know, there's certainly things he can do better in terms of just being under a little bit more under control. Um, I think there's things that we got to look at what we're asking schematically uh, to to really enhance what he does well because there were some there were some really good runs in the game. So um, yeah, everything's kind of we're looking at everything kind of under a microscope. When you say that, like he was saying to me that on the third and one where he stumbles. He got over his toes because he, he knew he was going to have to drive the pile because the hole was closing. Is that the deep? Is that a detail that you're kind of talking about there? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Thanks. It's good. Um, on the fourth and one, where they threw the ball to John Robinson, it was one on one against Campbell. I think it was the fourth one, wasn't it? The short yardage situation. Um, they threw the ball. Short yardage situation. Well, he, was, he was in the slot. He was in the slot. Bijan was in the slot. Was Devondre's one of my guys? Actually, he was out number one outside the numbers. Okay. Well, I don't know all that lingo. I, I guess, and you you kind of accomplished different circumstances. The same thing with having Aaron Jones against the Bears linebacker the week before. How, how do those matchups happen? Like, how, and how does the defensive coordinator prevent? Well, it seems like a, a mismatch whether it's Devondre in that case or Aaron Jones the week before. Yeah, so we were in man coverage. They had the back out at number one. They saw that it was man coverage, and they checked to the play. So that happens in football, and it happens every week. Um, now, you can. there's certain things that you can do from a, a defensive standpoint that we'll, we'll take a look at. Um, but credit to them. They they saw the, the man look, and they got to the right play. Is there any way you guys, maybe it's impossible, just to kind of adjust and fly and say, hey, get you know, safety or someone would, that might be a better matchup in that case, or is that just impossible? Sure, you can check out of it. I mean, you can check out of it. There's some moving parts with that now, because if they check and then you check and then you got guys running all over the place, you can get gutted in other ways. So um, it's just a chess match. Uh, it always is. Good plays are going to happen on both sides of the ball. They are. And some bad plays are going to happen on both sides of the ball. That's just the way football is. And credit to them. They, they had a good match up there in terms of – I know Dre can, can guard that. The thing that they did, that, they, that same as what we have in our offense – is they ran the number two guy on what we call a stomp route, and it kind of creates interference for Dre. It's like a nat we call it a natural rub route, um, where a pick 
as long as he doesn't make contact with Dre, it just is it's challenging for the linebacker in that situation. It's just what is the concept? They check to the correct correct concept and they beat us on that play. There you go. That is Matt LaFleur. And uh, you start out, obviously, with the questions about David Bakhtiari. They are legitimate questions. Doesn't want to talk about it. And as I had uh, tweeted out, he danced as much as he could dance without blatantly lying. And uh, when asked directly, he didn't answer yes or no. He started to talk about, well, it's been injured. It's it's injured. It, it's it's which again, it doesn't jive with what was stated by David Bakhtiari himself last week. So, you know, I, it, you know, you can draw your own conclusions, but it, the the whole thing stinks. It just does. So uh, you hope to get direct, open, honest answers from Bakhtiari without dancing. But I'll tell you this. If you've got a veteran player now picking and choosing when he will and will not play, it is an unbelievably awful precedent to set. It just is. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Hey, don't forget about our friends over there. At uh, It's still not too late because uh, there's going to be uh, times you're going to still be able to go out and swing the sticks a little bit. And uh, whether it's heading for a Friday night over at the, uh, the Umbrella Bar or you're heading over to Lux Golf Bay's, or the new pizzeria that opened up, or blend the cocktail bar and the coffee bar and all the different things they have going on. It is the Rock Sports Complex down in Franklin. But if you want to get into the Lux Golf Bays, go to Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. And also the uh, Milwaukee Milkmen made it to the postseason this year, too. So uh, down at Fr- excuse me, down at Franklin Field. So uh, check that out as well. But uh, Lux Golf Bays, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, You had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Hopefully you're uh, having a good day today on this Tuesday. On this Tuesday. Um, 
the uh, I, I got a lot of reaction off of the uh, you know opening portion of Matt Lafleur's press conference. I want to get into coming up in the next hour, but uh, there are some people that said uh, they appreciate what Matt, Matt Lafleur is doing. He's he's dancing the best he can to protect his guys, and that shows the signs of a good coach and trying to you know keep his locker room. Uh, others say he's you know not telling the truth. Uh, the conspiracy theory continues to to develop, um, and then. Uh, you know, as Mark says, uh, let's talk about the bigger issue is not the left tackle position, but more so the defense and why the defense looks so pathetic. And he danced around those topics. Uh, you talked about miscommunication and Bill Huber uh, alluded to a specific uh, you know, play in which Matt LaFleur said, well, they checked out of it. And that's what happens in the NFL. But the, the, the next question, the next step in that uh, you know, Q&A would be, well, then what happened to your adjustment as they're checking out of a particular play? You know, um, that still doesn't explain why you didn't have the ability to stop the run. Now, we, he talked about miscommunication, bad angles, poor tackling. You know, he went through the whole thing, but at, never once – said, you know, hey, um, we didn't get enough men in the line of scrimmage. We didn't get enough helmets on helmets, you know. So, it, you know, I, it's, it's, it's the giant pink elephant in the room. You know, when you look at the, the – I mean, you have to take an honest look at the ranking of defenses that Joe Barry has had. And I'm not blaming this all on Joe Barry because there were, there were times that guys were in the right positions to make plays. But eventually, when you continually say we've got talent, when you continually draft for defense and your defense never gets better, either you have an unbelievably poor draft system in which you just don't have the ability to judge talent, and I don't believe that's the case, or you got to look at it and go, no, I kept this guy around, and it's another great big swallowing dose of same old, same old. You know, somewhere the truth has to lie. We'll get into that coming up in the next hour as well. Good first hour. Off to a fast start today. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. 